Welcome to episode 26 of the Over the Counter Podcast. I'm Mark Eastrack. And I am Andrew Whaley. Today we're going to talk about something that all of us are unfortunately overly familiar with, and that is lawsuits. I, no. I've never, yeah, I guess I have been sued. I started to say I've never been sued, but I have been sued. Well, it's a long time ago. Though. It seems in the United States now, if you haven't been sued, maybe you're suing someone. <laughs> right. If you haven't been sued, <laughs> wait. Right. And that, uh, soon will be. unfortunately, a lot of the behaviors that a lot of institutions engage in are based on fear of litigation, right? Right. I mean, if you think of the way businesses operate, the way schools operate, the way governments operate, the way churches operate even, yeah. um, a lot of times the motivating factor behind a lot of important decisions is fear. I, I, that seems like a bad thing. Yeah, the the, the awkward silence that you're yeah, hearing is Andrew's, Andrew's pen hack is falling apart. Over the, yeah, the pen hack that we on. talked about a few episodes yeah. ago. I have just broke my pen. I was sitting here a trying. few episodes ago. That was 24 episodes ago. This well, is episode 26. Well, I can't remember which episode it was that we talked about that on. But it's had five. I, I my master plan is working because I had bought stock in Mont Blanc refills. And now it's just going through the roof because everyone's going to do that pen hack. Because they listen to our podcast. And they're probably yes. going to figure the, out how to the get... The vast mobs of podcast listeners are probably going to get sued. To go buy Pilot. their Mont Blanc refills and break off the ends of them so they can jam them in their and the G2, G2 pens. And the G2 people are going to sue us. So Why would the G2 people sue us? That's the real question. I, everybody's good for reason to sue everybody. So anyway, Maybe we would get sued by both of them. For, I might. for violating the ritual purity and laws having to do with back. pen refills. Yeah, so, okay, so uh, some time ago we did an episode about playgrounds. And we talked about the anesthetization, no, the... The, um, the blobification of children? Well, the, just the, the cleaning, the, the sanitization of, of any risk on these playgrounds where they've become yeah. basically like padded, boring gyms at this point. And it's all the litigious nature of things, right? And then we talked about, you know, the, the place in, in Wales and different places that are making them dangerous again because of managed risk being so important to development. And we've hit this a few times. We've kind of mentioned it a couple times, but so... You know what the most common lawsuit is for what? homeowners? What? Dog bites. That makes sense. You know, your dog bites somebody, they sue you, and then you, you know, the insurance company has to pay out a whole bunch of money. Well, so what got, what got me on this today, we always have our, we, 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 we had our conversation, of, we talked about what we're going to talk about, and this came up, because I just, 45 minutes to an hour ago, tried to drive through a Kia, a Kia dealership here in Denver, because I wanted to look, see how much Sportage was. And you can't drive through a dealership anymore, at least not that one. They have the cars parked in a way where you can't drive around the dealership. And you used to be able to just drive through a car lot and look at the cars and get out and look at a sticker if you wanted to. And when I and they were looking at me, these kids in their late 20s were the salesmen standing outside looking at me like I was nuts as I was going into these little cul-de-sacs made by cars and then backing around and then coming out. And I just pulled up and rolled my window down and I said, you know, until a few years ago, you could drive through a car lot. <laughs> It's just like I grew up driving through car lots to look at the cars, right? And they said, well, I mean, what if you hit something? I mean, we wouldn't know who to sue. Or, I mean, it's like, what about... That's what they well, said? Something about, yeah, we, we we don't have your social security number, so we wouldn't know. I mean, if I hit something, they know who to go after. Or whatever. They basically said it was insurance and lawsuits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They had to change out their layout. Now, maybe it's just one... Doesn't it seem like they could have security cameras that could, like, 
I guess it's just one dealership. It might just be that one dealership. But it got me thinking about... Maybe they had a bad experience. All the different things in our world. And so maybe that's... Okay, so... What what are are some things? Yeah, what are some things that... What are some institutional decisions that have been made on the basis of fear of lawsuits? Well, the first one that we already mentioned, right, is the, the... Dumbification of playgrounds into boring, boring giant plastic rubberized things mm-hmm. that aren't fun to play mm-hmm. on. I think uh, before before we start listing things off, I think what we should probably do is let's back this up just a little bit and not not just talk about purely lo- threat of lawsuit, but just kind of like this this this. It's what I'm really more interested in is this this modern tendency to just get rid of all risk. Despite whatever long-term kind of problems, like you have kids that can't make decisions because they've grown up on these sanitized playgrounds, there's people's farms being raided all over the country over this raw milk thing. And it's like, if you're raising grass-fed organic cows, the, the, the version of E. coli that causes problems isn't in those cows. But... Well, we can't just let everybody do. We have to have some rules. We can't just let everybody do that. So you can't do that. So basically, what dairy has been for 10,000 years, we can't do. We now have to have this all pasteurized and high heat pasteurization and all this stuff. This industrialization has to take place because what if somebody got sick? And maybe that is they would sue the government or they would sue this. And they, you know, I don't know. It just, we, we become. We've become the ninny state instead of, and, and the nanny state. <laughs> um, you know, another one that I think is really dramatic is the ADA, the Americans with Disabilities Act. Oh, yeah. Um, and it, it's strange because, I mean, on the one hand, it's, you're, you're thinking, okay, well, it's, it's fantastic that we're legislating inclusion, right, and allowing people with all sorts of disabilities to participate in all aspects of our culture. But on the other hand... When you see these crews going through the city of Denver, uh, um, and, and this is—I just—I can't even explain how insane this is. But what, what they're doing is uh, taking out the corners on each and every corner, oh. uh, side the sidewalk. They right? just did ours. The so. corner sidewalk, right? They're taking out the old corner sidewalk and they're putting in a new one that has these little bumps, yeah. right? So that uh, if you're blind. Then you can feel the bumps and know where the corner is. And they're also they don't have a step. And, they, and there's down. a slope, right? There's a slope. What's so completely insane about what they're doing here in Denver is that the sidewalks are not wide enough for a wheelchair to go down them. <laughs> Does that make sense? So they're making wheelchair ramps at every single corner right. on every single sidewalk, and the sidewalks themselves do not accommodate wheelchairs. Right. And I and I live in it's completely insane. You know, and I live in the I live in Spear, which is that weird little neighborhood that's kind of like everything that isn't Wash Park, isn't Baker, isn't Governor's Park, isn't Capitol Hill, and isn't Country Club. It's like, this, but it's like basically as 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 Wash Park kind of becomes Baker, all those old neighborhoods have these old fieldstone. Um, Sidewalks and they're beautiful, but they're really uneven. And there's lots of like little things sticking up that you could trip on. And they're the most—I mean—they're the most dangerous sidewalks. I've slipped. I've seen people over by Wash Park running and just eat it on their face because they tripped on one of the sidewalks. So there's these really dangerous but beautiful sidewalks that they're leaving intact because people would freak out if they tried to take those out. But they're putting these super sanitized, super safe corners on these really dangerous sidewalks. But you're saying in some neighborhoods you couldn't even get a wheelchair. No, no. You could get a wheelchair down in our neighborhood. Not, right? not in mine. Well, so, so anyway, the, the point is that 
there, there are a lot of these things. Let's, let's get some more examples of, of lawsuit-oriented decision-making. Well, okay, I'm, I'm, I want I mean, well, to relate it aside. How about the way schools handle okay. uh, discipline of children? Well, no, no, let, let me time out for an aside real fast. When I was in California, running okay, my, does that have well, to do with pizza? No, 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 no. Coffee? No, no, no. When I was well, kind of a coffee. When I had my coffee house in Fillmore, California, um, they um, is this a different aside or is this the original? This side? is the original side. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, there, in Ventura County, Proceed. in Ventura County, and no, this is really relevant actually. In Ventura County, and in um, in Santa Barbara County, in L.A. County, there was a guy. There was in a wheelchair. There was a, a Mexican guy in a wheelchair, probably in his mid-50s. And he would come around and shop in your stores. And it was usually small businesses. And he would find some small thing, like your railing next to your toilet was an inch too high or something. And it, it was technically in violation of the, the ADA Act or whatever. And then he would sue you and then settle out of court. And it was like this man had filed something. It's a way to make money. Oh, he he ended up. I think I. Well, anyway, this guy finally just got. Turns out he was an illegal alien, and after fifteen years of them doing this, they deported him. And they estimated that he in about ten years. But he was legitimately disabled, right? Oh, he was legitimately disabled because, and I think that he was in a, a car wreck because he got drunk, or he was like shot in a gang fight, or something like that. It was something like not exactly reputable how he ended up in the wheelchair. And a lot of times there was nothing. Maybe he just ate too much GMO food. And there just probably so. And there wasn't. There wasn't any. There wouldn't sometimes even actually be. Wait, wait. Does that mean that we're going to get sued by Monsanto now? Possibly, yeah. So, and then he was. Was I allowed to use that word? Oh, you're going to get it. I, I, I do not hold myself. (laughs) Should I bleep that out? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll we'll edit that later. So this guy, he would just come in and he would just like basically do blackmail on all these small business owners, and it was all over Ventura County. Yeah, it's like sure. it's like getting your protection money. Exactly. Yeah. And then it turns out this I just saw a thing online with somebody from back there, put it on Facebook. This guy got deported, and they estimated that he had filed something like six, seven thousand lawsuits, and had made like one three point six million dollars or something. Holy cow! In two thousand bucks at a time, just wow. basically settling out of court with these small business owners. And it, and I know what's funny. The the anecdote is is that I had never talked to my partner about this guy, even though I knew about him, and I, I didn't think he'd ever come out the film more. He came all the way out the film more, and and he came and he came in the shop. Evidently, I don't know. I think it was the same guy, and he started griping about something that wasn't a, a big deal. And one of our employees just basically threw him out of the shop. Wow, I think it was my partner. But did you get sued? No, he didn't. I guess he just. Oh, I guess he figured out that uh, okay, we weren't going to play along. Gone on a uh, eight minute long detour. That was into Ventura, not eight California. minutes. Let's let's go back to trying to make our list. We should go on a three hour. <laughs> By tour. the time we finish our list, the podcast the will three be over. Hour tour. The three hour podcast. The three hour tour. It's like like Gilvin's Island. Yeah. No, I mean it's like. Uh, there was some depressing research that somebody just did about Kindle books, and they figured out how far people make it into a book based on the number of highlights that did, they that they make. This had to do with pizza. Has nothing to do with coffee pizza or lawsuits. And uh, unfortunately, right, most people only make it about twenty or thirty pages into a book and then stop. Oh, and that's I don't do that. Well, probably. <laughs> I just buy. I just buy a new book. Yeah, right. Just, just buy the book. You know what? Put I, it on the shelf. It looks nice. Right? You know what? I you know what I did. I I bought. Um, I just bought the Orthodox Way by Kalistos Ware on Kindle, and I got about 
15 pages into it. And it was so good that I'm like, I can't read this on Kindle. I need something. I don't want to oh, underline. They've got you, man. I want to underline. So I bought a paperback, too. So now they I own. Have, they have got you. Yeah, so I bought it. Wrapped around right, the Right, so I bought finger. two of the dang things. Yeah, and there's no way to return an electronic book, right? It's yours forever, hey, whether you want it or not. That might be a good idea. We need to figure out how a second-hand... A second-hand digital book market. No, 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 no. They're very clear in the things. When you buy it, you don't actually own it. You can't. Uh, you can't pass it on to your your child, your posterity, right? Uh, what your iTunes music, your Kindle books, whatever. They they go away. Your right to use them goes away when you die. And if you try, they'll sue you. And even even if you buy a movie on Amazon through yeah. their digital platform. If the company that owns the movie decides to run it on pay-per-view, they will take it down. They will take your copy down for a few days while they're running it on pay-per-view and then put it back up. Yeah. Seriously? Yes. Yes. It's sinister. It's sinister. They, so, it's just awful. Anyway, okay, the, the, how do we get back to the, loss, the, sinister the theme losses? Of this, this all starts the with theme. Stella. Okay, let me just tell you this great story. So you can go to Atchison, Kansas, and you can visit the McDonald's, the famous McDonald's where Stella went through the drive-thru and ordered a cup of coffee, spilled it on her lap, and sued McDonald's and won over a million dollars. This was the big frivolous lawsuit that started all of the frivolous lawsuits. You know, lawsuits. I just read an article about that. And it wasn't. It turns out that it wasn't exactly the the way that the media portrayed it. Well, she got scalding burns. I mean, I'm not saying she wasn't burned. Yeah, but there was something that was like the lid wasn't on tight enough or something. There was something other than the way the media portrayed it. Is just the woman bought hot coffee and then got burned and then said, "Oh, now the coffee was super hot." But coffee is super hot. Well, especially at those fast food places because they expect you to be taking it somewhere and drinking right. it elsewhere. I can't remember. Where, we should look this up and talk and revisit well, it. Well, there's a whole organization that offers – that gives uh, annual Stella Awards based on the most frivolous lawsuit of the year. Right. But I'm saying that there was a really great in-depth article that came out about three, four months ago revisiting that and telling the entire backstory and all this stuff. And it had something to do with it. It wasn't. You ended up going, oh, that woman, that wasn't frivolous, and that poor woman. I mean, it was like you came away going, oh, that was the real story. Well, okay. okay so if you're listening, go look that up. Regardless, regardless, there are lots of lawsuits, uh, some of which are frivolous, and some of which are not. But one of one of the main things that I think needs to change in the system that never will change because of the way our politics are aligned uh, is that there are no limits. Right. Right. So if 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 you suffer, uh, you know, malpractice, right, and you have some sort of, right. you know permanent injury because of it, uh, you can sue for an unlimited amount of money and be awarded an unlimited amount of money. And that's and that's part of the thing behind the high cost of health care. Yes. My friends who yes. are doctors, and it used to be if you would go through 12, 14 years of school and all that and become a doctor, like a surgeon or something, you were just basically, you were in the 1%. I mean, you were loaded. Yeah. And now, I mean, they make you can still make a really good living, but it's not the meal ticket it used to be. No, because they pay. They end up spending like, I mean, like half or more of their money on malpractice insurance, right? Which right. is just insane. Well, and, and the reason that it's so expensive is because there are no limits on the system. And I think, I mean, this is to me, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I understand that people may need permanent medical care, right, as a result mm -hmm. of an injury or an accident or something. Um, but even that taps out at a certain point. I mean, you know, when you when you have someone who is 
permanently injured and is going to need to be cared for in a nursing mm-hmm. home type situation for the rest of their life, right now the ticket, you know, it's probably between six and ten million. Right? Is how mm-hmm. much that's going to cost? But there, you know, these juries award uh, some of these settlements, you know, above a hundred million. Hmm. Right. So, I, I mean, even if you want to say, well, we should we should be giving, you know, this person who suffered so terribly, not only all of their needs, but maybe a little bit of consolation money on top of that. Yeah, take care of their family for a couple generations. Yeah, I mean, I could understand that up to a point, right? Maybe say twice as much money as they actually would right. need or something. So maybe $12 million to $20 million, but not 100 Well, what's interesting is that it's it's what's in, what's really interesting is then what what or at least what I'm interested in is the is what this is doing to us. The, we are living in this environment, and you and you and I listed a bunch of things when we were talking before that is the um, the affecting the environment and the way we live that is so different now. You know, the ubiquity of communication, kind of the reality and the reality and just the kind of the normalization of terror and stuff like that. But then, um, but we, we just now, we're, we're, th- there are massive things changing in our society. And, a, and, a, and there's a bunch of them when you trace them back to like, well, why are my kids growing up so differently than I do? Did And then you go back and you check it out. It has to do with fear of litigation. A lot of it. You yeah. know? Yeah. Like, I mean, we talked about the woman that left her kid in the car who was 12. Right. And she got, you know, and so another, another, and this goes back to our playgrounds and the cops and all that stuff that we've talked about. There was a woman who had her like nine or 10 year old kid was 160 feet from the house in a suburban neighborhood. And they was on like a little bicycle, just like on the, on the far end of the block. On the sidewalk, and a cop shows up at the door with this kid. He says, I brought him home. I found him, and I brought him home. He said, well, I asked him, where do you live? And he said, well, down there. Well, he's unsupervised. And, he, and they said, well, we're, this lady says, well, I mean, it's 160 feet. It's just the corner. I mean, we're, we're so, and basically they argued back and forth about, well, he's going to ride his bike. He's going to get that far away. And he ended up saying, well, just don't let him play outside then. That's what they said. That's what the cops said. The cops said, well, then just don't let him play outside. Ah. It's like, and so, and it, so there, it, maybe, maybe we should look at a, a broader thing of just fear because that's fear, not so much of litigation, maybe, but there's this common, well, you know, you know, it's really similar. There's this common belief that there's child molesters and van, windowless vans going through the neighborhoods, just waiting for a kid to get a hundred feet away from the house. But crime is less than it was when gas cost 50 cents a gallon. People yeah. don't realize that we're getting safer. Actually, there's just you hear about everything now. To me, of the news. it's a, a similar. Uh, the, so the the policeman's approach in that situation is really similar to the way that the medical establishment approaches health. Right. Right. Where I mean, we've talked about this before, how the the medical schools and the medical establishment and all the research oriented stuff is all based on trying to fix things that are broken. Right. But has nothing to do with how to make a healthy human body stay healthy. Right. Um, and I mean, they'll say, oh, well, eat right and exercise and stuff, but they don't actually like research how to do that the right way or, or whatever. No, they, they, well, they just keep blaming fat yeah. and lack of movement. Right. When doesn't study after study keep coming out showing that that's not really what's going on. Yeah. So, so you yeah. have this like weird thing. So, so with the police, it's the same thing. It's like, well, 
their job is to safeguard society, protect us from the bad guys, etc. Yeah. And so the logic ends up being, well, just stay as safe as you possibly can under all circumstances at all times. Just stay in your house. Don't go outside. <laughs> it's like, well, then what's the point, right? Of, I mean, it, it, it's not about human flourishing, right? right? It's not a, it, they're, they're not thinking, how can we help our, our, our community be the most human it can be and flourish as, as well as it possibly can? Instead, they're thinking, how can we just keep everything safe? Right, and, and, and there are no other considerations, and that's that's it's dumb. And it's also, there's more to life than simply being safe. And there's also what's well, also the, the another it's it's the cult of the expert, in the sense that or the or, yeah. the, or the overspecialization and the de- departmentalization right. of of of, of, of work, all competencies, of all competencies. So it's like uh, Deacon Bob gave me a, a great saying the other day. Uh, like I think it was like Pennsylvania Dutch saying that he grew up with. He said there was um. To the man, to the man who, to the man whose only tool is a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And that is, I mean, it's like it's exactly where we live. So right now. it's the the doctors that know how to prescribe meds and cut. They see everything as something that needs to be cut out or medicated out of existence, right. or and the symptoms need to be medicated. If you don't have the, and we don't know what causes this, well, then let's medicate the symptoms. Right. Look, we don't. I don't know what else to do with a kid. My job is the for I get we get graded on how safe this neighborhood is. Right, right. And I don't know how to keep this kid safe other than to keep him inside. Right. So we're just going to eliminate outside play. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, what's that going to do the kids? Keep them safe. And it's like, okay, but what else is it going to do the kids? They'll play keep video them games safe and become <laughs> obese and then get type two diabetes by the, by age five. And then we can give them right? insulin. We talked about this. And then we can give them insulin pumps. Yeah, right. Because and, that's because then they'll be safe. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, well, I don't know. They got type two. They have they have what used to be called adult onset diabetes, and they're eight. So the answer is to give them more insulin. It's like I, I got a crazy idea. Maybe you should stop giving them carbs. Maybe you should stop giving them sugar all the time. Right. Right. Well, no. This reminds me of Mr. Money Mustache. When <laughs> I still haven't ever looked up Mr. Money, so, you're always trying to give me. To yeah, read Mr. Mr. Money Mustache has a blog about you know saving and and all this kind of stuff. He's very interesting. He retired when he was 31 because he saved 75 percent of his income or whatever. But he wrote this hilarious article where he talks about how uh, an iPad is like a bedpan. <laughs> Because if you if you approach the situation of consumerism with the with the mindset of I just want to do whatever's more convenient, I just want to buy whatever's more convenient because that's because that's more convenient. And he said, well, then then basically what you should do is just sit on your couch with your iPad and your bedpan, and you're just you're just sort of in this place of total convenience, and not you're not actually like living your life. You're just being convenient. You just have, you just have all the conveniences. You don't have to do anything. And, and and so he uses this whole elaborate. And he's against that, to, right? Yeah, right. He's, okay, he's yeah, saying, "Look, what you ought to do is ride your bike to the grocery store. What you ought to do is have friends, right? Not just sit around playing stupid games on your iPad all the time. Uh, and that when you approach a financial decision like that, it shouldn't be just based on what's the most convenient thing, mm-hmm. right? But what's going to make the most sense for my family, you know, and my my life in as as a whole. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was, I mean. Maybe slightly gross, but but actually really helpful. No, this it's definitely true that there's. <laughs> well, I mean, just let's look at this from like a natural perspective. 
the idea is, look, we want you to be safe, and there are things out there like viruses and stuff, so we're just going to cover every counter in bleach, and we're going to— And we'll all live in bubbles now. Well, we're, we're going to carry Purell in our purses and mop the kids down with it every time they touch a dog <laughs> or anything. Okay, I sat, on a, I sat down on an airplane once, and this elderly couple comes and sits next to me. As soon as they sit down, she whips out the bottle of Purell, and the Purell wipes, and they start wiping down the the the— Hand rests on the seat and the tray tables, and they offer some to me. <laughs> actually, well, actually, <laughs> and their hands. actually, I'm kind of with them. There, I've yeah. read a study that air, airline um, trays and hand rests are some of the single most bacteria ridden, like. They find like poo and stuff on them and stuff hmm. because people go to that little bitty bathroom and they don't. It's such a small sink; they don't wash their hands well. So, so yeah, yeah. I, the one place I would kind of give them a pass is the airplane. I should probably do all that. right and recirculated air and all. Of that. I used, to, but you know what? I used to know a guy. Maybe you should sue the airline. I I used to know a guy that used to suck on pocket change. You told me about this. This and is really gross. It's just it's disgusting. He would take get his change to the store, throw it in his mouth. And suck on the pocket change. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? That is disgusting. You have no idea what is on that. And he's like, oh, all kinds of stuff's on it. And I always get exposed to all of it. He's like, have you ever seen me sick? And I'm like, no. He goes, because I have antibodies to everything. I'm like, you know what? I think I'll just get my booster shot to keep, <laughs> keep my change out of my mouth. He was a, There was more weird about this guy. But I have to admit, he, I'd never oh, seen yeah. him sick, though, you know? But that's the thing is that they found that like kids that have pets are healthier and, and, and saner and thrive better. And the reason why is that we're built to have bacteria. We're built to eat, you know, little bugs and to have bugs in our system to eat fermented foods. And I mean, for 2.5 million years, we're eating raw or barely cooked meat off of like a of a rock or the ground or something. It's like, and all of a sudden it's just like, everything is like super clean. And this, a new story comes out every day that our microbiome is what is the key to like gut permeability and all these new food allergies and sensitivities. Well, I mean, and and this is right. I mean, this is about, uh, this is where polio comes, you know, came into play. Yeah. Right? Is that once children stopped using outhouses and started using modern bathrooms, which were much cleaner, they weren't exposed to, same viruses and stuff at the same age, and so they got polio because they because the environment was too sanitary. I sometimes too it's too long of a story to go into now, but sometime we need to talk about the invention of the outhouse and look into that. That was a fascinating, fascinating story. Has to do with um, I think it's what's, what's his name um, Howard um, who the crazy the, the, the airplane guy Howard, Howard Hughes? Hughes the crazy guy yeah yeah uh, yeah after the war they um. He was wanting to invest in the infrastructure in the South, and they sent doctors down there to figure out why the South was trailing so far behind, and he found out these people were all lackadaisical. A lot of people were very just kind of like slow. Is this and, like some weird joke? No, this is a story that was, I heard it on the radio. This, uh, it was like, a, maybe it's like on This American Life or something like that. Anyway, long story short, these people all had a disease that you get from like hookworms. Hmm. And it was from basically just going to the bathroom outside. And it turns out that a hookworm only has six feet that it can go before it dies from where it was dropped at. And so that's why all outhouses were six feet deep. It was like seven feet deep. It was like, it was like four feet they could go, so they're all six feet deep. Huh. 
Yeah, there's a whole story about this whole big law. I think it's on the This America. I think there's a This American Life with the, the invention of the outhouse and how it has to do with like pe- rich people in the North wanting to invest in the South and they didn't feel... Howard Hughes, though, is 20th century, though. The outhouse existed way before that. Okay, maybe it wasn't Howard Hughes. It was one of those big... It was one of the big, big, huge money guys, one of those Robert Barron types. But I don't know. Go look it up. This is the Go Look It Up podcast. It's like, Google it. Oh, oh, oh okay. We did, the, we did this off the cuff today, so we didn't, we didn't plan it out and we didn't do any All right, research. So if so. you were – no, I This is very much a coffee talk. Coffee talk. Coffee talk? We're just coffee talk. We're not from Boston. We're just co- – At least I'm not from Boston. That, Maybe you that's are not Boston. in a secret past life. It's coffee talk. You know, no big wo- – Remember Saturday Night Live? Well, I – Linda Richmond? Oh, come on. I think we've strayed about a thousand miles from urban. Wow, caffeine. this is like this is literally the least linear podcast we've ever done. No, 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 definitely not. I think so. I, I do. No, yes, no, 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 no. We've done less. You should have a vote on the Facebook page. Is this the most linear, non-linear podcast we've ever done? Can I say mention something about trampolines? <laughs> this, yes, this absolutely. Right. So, uh, if absolutely. if you go to get homeowners insurance. Uh, and they come out to your house to like you know take a look around or whatever to write your policy. And you have a you have a trampoline, no policy. Do you know that? Because trampolines are a source of major lawsuits against homeowners. Well, I can imagine. Because what happens right is these kids get up there, they start double bouncing each other, or whatever. Somebody falls off and like it's a compound fracture where like their leg bone goes through the skin and you know the. They have to get the ambulance, and then their parents sue the people that own the trampoline. So there's the perfect example of something that on paper sounds like a really bad idea. Hey, we're going to put this thing in the backyard that just throws kids really higher than they should ever go. Then we're going to put a bunch of kids on it, maybe the dog too, and we're going to see how high they can make each other bounce. And someone will inevitably break an arm. Yeah. But it's awesome. We really need to let people have trampolines because there's nothing more amazing when you're a little kid and sitting jumping on a trampoline. Some of the insurance companies will let you do it if you have one of those zipper boundary things around the trampoline. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, but jumping I know, it's off not the, the same. trampoline it's not is the, the same. most fun. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, what it is, is or, all, or jumping from the roof onto the trampoline. Right. They all want you to go to like these bounce places like down here or on Arapaho. Oh, right. Where you have a – and those are really dangerous too though I've heard. Like yeah? big people get on these huge obstacles like with little kids and they almost run over little kids or something. Uh-oh. I, I read that on Yelp when I was looking up that place because a friend of mine was. And there are also certain dog breeds that you can't own if you want to get homeowners insurance. Really? I used to sell homeowners insurance. You used to sell insurance. Yes. That I. You didn't know that? No, I really believe it too. That yeah. and that explains so much. Right? Oh, okay. Well, great. <laughs> no, but like if you have a pit bull or something, most insurance companies won't even go. You know, go near you. They'll just. Because the liability is too high. Somebody a pit bull bites you. You know you sue the you sue the people, and then their insurance company pays money to you. I normally settle out of court, but it just adds up. It gets really expensive. That's, <laughs> all I'm thinking is that our our next podcast is going to have to be really really deep and really philosophical and kind of. What you don't like talking about lawsuits and trampolines? Well, we just sat here chatting the whole time. We just sat here chatting the whole time. Okay, which is good. Which is, I mean, I like it. But I think we're we're going to have to have a a really really deep one to make up for this one. I I have to say that I I feel as though I'm witnessing a very unusual phenomenon, and that is Andrew running out of gas. 
Yeah, I'm pretty tired, actually. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, well, whether you're going to sue us or or be sued by somebody else or we're, jump on a trampoline or buy a We're not giving you back this 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you you have sued? wasted another 30 minutes of your life listening <laughs> to the Over the Counter podcast. I'm Mark Eastcheck. And I am the sleeping Andrew Whaley. <laughs>